Hey everybody, welcome to the Tech Connect Podcast. I'm John Martin. And I'm Dean Reverman. Dean, we've talked a lot over the last year about all these interesting technologies like IoT, mm -hmm. AI, mm -hmm. cloud. Mm -hmm. A lot of nebulous concepts, no pun intended, <laughs> on the cloud side there. And sometimes I think also that we stop and go, well, where is all this stuff? Right. We talk about we a lot keep of talking it, about it. But where is it really? Where, yeah, exactly. Is it really out there? Is it really making an impact? Is something really happening? Is it is it just a, an oasis yeah. that we keep referencing and right. we keep moving forward? Is but it just a bunch of marketing buzzwords yeah. that, that somebody made up or something? Well, I don't know. We're going to kind of get into that today. Okay. We right. have Brian Lampright from Code with us today. We're going to be talking a little bit about the state of digital transformation, understanding mm -hmm. it, and also little tips on maybe how to sell into mm -hmm. this digital transformation yes, world. Yes, sir. We're going to explain the current state, where things are now, what technologies have and have not really taken off, mm -hmm. uh, maybe how the pandemic changed some things a bit. Bit. You know, there's, well, a little there's bit. some of that technology probably is a little more important now than it ever was before. 100%. Uh, we're going to talk about where maybe some of our VAR friends' focus should be, what they mm -hmm. should be thinking about, what they should be talking about to their customers. Yep. Give you some practical applications and maybe a few different industries. And as always, our value to the VAR. We're going to stuff all that into this podcast. We are. All of it. That's a lot. Well, I mean... <laughs> That's why we brought in Brian. Yeah, he'll, so he'll we, probably, need, we need some help. So we don't ramble on about stuff we really don't know what we're talking we need about. Help. Yeah, yeah, we exactly. definitely need help. So, all right. Well, it's time for us to plug in and get connected. Welcome to the Tech Connect Podcast. It's time to get connected. All right, as I mentioned, our guest today, Brian Lampright. He is the Senior Product Manager of Software for the Code Corporation. Brian, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Tell us a little bit about yourself uh, and what you do day-to-day -day at Code. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I've been uh, in software my entire career. Um, it's, it's funny, when I was in high school, the internet didn't really exist, and then college, we started using it, and my whole career has been around building stuff on the internet and to see where it's come, uh, you know, 20 years later is, is pretty amazing. Um, at Code, I'm this, I, I manage all of our software. So uh, obviously we have a decoder that runs inside of our hardware scanners and we also sell SDKs uh, and, and you can embed those SDKs into any type of software project that you may have that where you need to um, scan products. So uh, we have a lot of software going on and software is growing like mad uh, in this industry and uh, keeps us really busy. Yeah, yeah, we need a software guy tapped into it to help us navigate <laughs> this because it is. It's like the Wild West. And oh, by the way, he happens to be out of Utah. So it's like, wasn't that the Wild West at one point? Yeah, anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Wow, that was that was a stretch. That's a little there, bit Dean. of a stretch? Yeah. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> but yes, well, and, and it's funny because when we initially were talking about bringing you on the show, we were kind of talking about what our topic was going to be. You mentioned that you kind of dabble a lot in a lot of these, these digital transformations and edge technologies mm -hmm. and the stuff that is, you know, maybe before now kind of been talked about as like, like, hey, this is this broad, great future that we're coming up to. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, uh, some of that future is happening now. Some of it is closer to reality than we thought before. Some of it's actually in practical use. So, you know, let's let's start that off then. When we talk about this idea of digital transformation, which I know is kind of a, a broad term, but that's where we start slotting in stuff like IoT, machine vision, mm -hmm. AI, cloud, analytics. So from your point of view, you know, where are we in this digital transformation world? You know, like what what's you know, if we're if there's any kind of timeline that even exists or any kind of process from start to finish of how this is supposed to go, where are we at right now and you know what what's happening in the moment? I feel like we're kind of in a, a middle ground. Um, you know, when you talk about things like machine vision, barcoding was one of the very first uh, machine vision applications that that happened. So it's been it's been around quite a long time. Uh, but now that we have the power of the cloud and the massive data sets that are available there, and the computing power, and, and we can finally use uh, artificial intelligence uh, combined with those technologies uh, for everyday life. Um, and now we're just now starting to figure out how to use things like AI and the cloud and really leverage them to make big impacts. So I feel like we're kind of somewhere in the middle of that journey. <laughs> 
I don't disagree with that. I mean, when you think about it, you, right, there's all this promise around some of these technologies. Right. And, and we understand the old way of doing business, but how do we transform into some of these new areas of business? And how do we, how do we start moving the ball down that field meaningfully, right, you know, in, right. in, in that kind of a way? And so, you know, when I was, when I was thinking about it, and, and you read some of the articles around digital transformation, they, they talk a lot about customer experience, you know, mm -hmm. what maybe having an eye on customer experience. Experience and, and how that can transform your bid, your business and how you need to move into digital domains in order to make that more efficient. There's operational agility, which we play in a lot. And when I say we, I mean collectively we like code. And I mean we're we're back a house. You know we're doing we're doing barcode scanning and stuff like that. So it's it's how do we make the operation more agile uh, mm -hmm. in a digital transformation? But another thing that I that I was reading about and maybe we can tap into this a little bit was it was the cultural and leadership need to embrace digital transformation yep. as well you know uh, we were talking a little bit on the last podcast you know there's just there's there's there seems to be a barrier sometimes when you're trying to embrace d new digital transformation whatever it is workflow there's just a barrier, you know, right, you, you, right. You, you reach people that are just, they don't want to go there. They don't want to get into a digital, but there's, there's so much of a need to get into that space because one of the things that the pandemic has, has taught us, if you ask me is, you know, we're expediting the use of digital technology to a lot of good right now. Yep. I mean, how else would we be getting the, pan, the you know, the, the vaccine out so yep. fast and, and all those things, right? Yeah. Well, it was interesting you mentioned that, you know, I was thinking the same thing, our, our last podcast about warehouses and trying to get them to move into the new world of mm. technology and why so many have been reticent to do so. I think you could say that across a lot of different industries. There's some industries that are more well-suited to that kind of move fast and try new stuff. But there's somewhere it gets harder than everyone. They they might they might very well look at this. And you kind of used to refer to it several times in the last year when we would kind of talk about you know technology related to the pandemic. You used to mention several times on on last year's episodes this idea of hey we had a chalkboard or mm -hmm. we had a you know a design board up of here are these ideas that we think are important you know that we know is going to be the future of our business in some way or another and how are we going to get there and suddenly some of those ideas became no we got to do this now mm -hmm. we right. can't wait anymore we can't like in healthcare for instance we can't wait on telehealth we have to do it now you know we you know it's it's important because it's a pandemic it's something we got to address right now mm -hmm. so Brian I kind of want maybe you to touch on that a little bit of this idea of you know how the pandemic kind of changed the conversation you know, where are you seeing places, you know, what kind of technology and transformation are you seeing that people are going, eh, I don't know, if we know we need to get there, but we just don't know how yet, or we don't know if we're ready for it. What changed over the past year that, that really made an impact? Yeah, I, we could probably talk for a full hour on just this one subject. Um, uh, what happened over the past year has been a complete game changer. It's turned industries upside down. It's completely changed our, our, our human habits and, and the ways we shop and we get food and and we use telehealth with our doctors. Um, so much has changed. And and for technology people like myself, that's an opportunity because um, you, you mentioned barriers. We, we often run into barriers where people get used to doing things a certain way and they, they develop patterns and they get comfortable with those patterns. Uh, and and then it, it, it becomes a barrier to, to advance to maybe the next level of, of where you might want to take things technology-wise. Um, but... Uh, due to COVID and, and how that's turned our world upside down, um, these barriers are, barriers have been torn down and there's ripe opportunity to really change the game and do things very differently from now on. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, when you think about it, and, and sometimes it's small incremental steps. You know, we, we've talked in the past, I don't know if you remember, John, we were talking a little bit about RPAs or robo robotic process automation. You know, these are small steps towards digitizing a workflow that, that I think are, are really becoming much more prevalent in today's environment where we don't have time. You know, we, we just don't have the kind of time in order to morph our business like we may have had in the past. And, and certainly that's part of what the pandemic has, has taught us. But when you look at supply chains that we live in, right, Brian? I mean, we're in supply chains. Our, our customers are in supply chains. There's just there's a need for a digital transformation to happen there that is just 
urgent. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you're operating on paper and Excel, like we were talking about the other day, dude, you are on an <laughs> island. You need to get in the cloud. Right. You need to, you know, you you need to embrace these things. And so I know that a lot of times resellers get flummoxed by that because they understand the need to, to move that. But, you know, moving their customers to that direction sometimes is a hard thing to do. And, yeah. But maybe it's little incremental uh, steps like an RPA or something like that where you're you're just digitizing a form. Let's right, just start right. off with this form for crying out right. loud, right? And we're gonna we're gonna digitize that, and we're gonna automate the process of getting that into your ERP. You know, just little steps like that to move companies towards that. But um, Brian, talk to us a little bit more about AI and in your thoughts on since you live in software and and you know you're hearing about the uses of AI. To me, that's another one of these really foggy clouds, you know, AI. Everybody talks about, oh, AI. AI right. is going to, you got Elon Musk saying, beware of AI, right? Because right? it's going to rule the world. <laughs> and then you got, well, we got AI chatbots out there. They're really kind of helpful. Right. <laughs> so anyway, what are your thoughts on AI and, and how is it touching what you're doing on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, there, there's a, I mean, there's a diverse range of AI and, and AI has honestly been around for quite a long time. But the thing that was missing is the the power, the computing power to make it uh, applicable and for the average person to use it. And you know now we have Siri and Alexa and all those that are AI powered and they're amazing and we all use it. Um, but where I see other uh, impacts with, with AI is doing other things like, you know, we're in the barcoding industry and uh, you know, a practical application of something like AI would be um, automating the the settings of uh, a piece of hardware or a device based on the types of imagery that's coming through. So, uh, you know, running a bunch of imagery through to basically train an AI model and then uh, optimizing those settings to to have the fastest uh, scans you could possibly have. Um, You mentioned warehousing, you know, things are zipping by on a a conveyor belt and you need to scan very fast. so there's there's so many different ways to use AI and and uh, it's definitely the the next frontier and and, and we're kind of just diving into the waters there. You know, and I wonder as we get deeper and deeper into this, if it creates a divide, right? You've got mm-hmm. you've got companies that are in, embracing the digital transformation and they're they're going down a path. And they're gonna and those that are laggering behind, mm-hmm. not going down that path, right? So it's gonna create like this divide between the the haves maybe of, of digital right. and the haves not uh, that 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 have decided not to go down that route. Because I think about the multiplying effect that AI, machine vision, these types of things. I mean, I've seen the use cases where, yeah, just to your point, Brian, you're training a machine to all these millions of images so it can make smarter decisions, make the whole workflow a lot smarter dude that's going to be a lot faster than whatever is not using that you know not right, using right. digital transformation in yeah. some side so um really fascinating yeah. stuff you know and i i think there's a and, go ahead brian i was gonna say that and yeah you, know, you think about the application on the medical side and it's really exciting we hear every day about how they're using ai to study all this medical data and make correlations um and john you mentioned telehealth earlier um that's something that has advanced by years in the past year. Um, I recently had a conversation with the biggest uh, healthcare provider in Utah, and um, we specifically spoke about telehealth um, and, and where that's going and, and how COVID affected it. And they they said that it advanced their technology and their roadmaps and their progression by multiple years uh, by by what we experienced in COVID. And and um, you, know, you think about how IOT could play into that. You now have people at home, you know, doing a video call like this with their doctor. IOT comes into play because now you can put these IOT devices in the home to monitor blood pressures and glucose and all these other things. All of it feeds up to the cloud and uh, you use AI to to put all of these pieces together and um, and figure out what outcomes need need to happen for the doctor. So there's there's so many applicable uses for AI and IoT in the cloud and bringing it all together and and it, yeah that's why I say I feel like we're kind of in the middle just mm-hmm. figuring out how to how to put it all together. Let's go a little farther into the cloud there Brian because you know there's yet again another technology that we've been talking about for 
at, at least a decade, if not a little bit longer, right? I can remember when we did a Vartek and we had fog out on the screen, on the stage. This was like ten years ago. It, the cloud, really, like, the cloud is coming. Yes, uh, it's like everything's going into the cloud. So we've been talking about it for right. like a decade. But but on the street, Brian, I mean, what are, what are your, some of your thoughts around that, or uh, how is code reacting to it? What do you what do you see are some best practices, or just what what are your feelings on the cloud and where we're at with the cloud and and, you know, should resellers start going all in on it? You know, what are just some of your thoughts around that? Yeah, it's, um, you know, code's been around for a long time, since the 90s. Um, and in some ways, we're a little bit old school. We don't leverage the cloud as much as we should. But just like most other industries, uh, we are moving to the cloud. And, and it's one of those technologies where if you're not using it today, you probably should be. Um, there's just so many advantages, you know, cost and scalability and, uh, you know, choices between all the different providers and easily being able to move between the providers, um, you know, being able to do things in minutes that would take months to set up a data center. Um, there, there, there's just an immense amount of uh, opportunity and, and reasons to, to shift to the cloud. So it is one of those technologies where it has been around, you know, a buzzword for almost 10 years now. And, and, and if you aren't there, you probably should at least have a plan to get there. Yeah, I like what you you touched on there. If you if you were adverse to the cloud or or wasn't really, you know, thinking it's still this big monster out there, I think he hit the nail on the head on a couple points there and that it's kind of mature already, right? Mm -hmm. well, you've got providers out there. It's not as scary. You, the providers out there, you can hop between them if you need to. Um even though that might be, you know, a little less frequent. There are application developers around it. I mean, it's just it's the world, it's the way that programmers are thinking and talking and developing. So solutions are around at least a, mm -hmm. a portion of it are around the cloud so you got to you got to get it i guess you got to put your head in the cloud is that can i go there can i say that no we I mean, already talked about clouds on a stage right you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. nebulous anyway. concepts yeah so. <laughs> but it is important i think at the end of the road it's important for resellers to understand the value right. proposition that, that comes out of the cloud because i'll just restate it all of this is being developed around it so you're going to be behind you're going to be on the wrong side of the digital gap right, that's being right. implemented if you're not involved <laughs> In it. You know, there's also, I think, a yeah, story. Sorry, Brad. I was going to say, there's also, I think, a story here too about the the necessity of doing these things. And mm -hmm. Brian, you mentioned earlier that, like, you, you talked about how telehealth increased so dramatically over mm -hmm. the last year. It shouldn't take something like a pandemic mm -hmm. to get us to move in these directions. Mm -hmm. You know, like telehealth should have already been a thing, a prevalent and widespread thing long before now, but everyone drug their feet on it for so long. We're like, no, no, we're fine. We, it's, people can come in and visit their doctor. No, we should have been doing this a long time. There was no reason not to, but we had to have a pandemic make that happen. I think that's an important you know, thing to think about when you are going out and talking to your customers and helping mm -hmm. them understand, hey, there's going to be a point where you're where this is going to be a necessity. Do you want to be catching up when it's a necessity, or do you want to already be there and have your customers already there and 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 already ready to go because you've been thinking about this and ready to implement this at the right time? Or worse, yet yeah, they can't catch up. They're right, they're yeah. so far out of the game. You know, the game has advanced beyond catch up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, they, yeah. Because to me, that's the sense of what I get out of the marketplace. And I, I think you're dead on with the, I think telehealth is a really good example of, holy moly, we can do this. Some things can be implemented. So if that's happening there, it's happening other places, yep. right? So so industry and, and stuff continues to advance. Man, if you're not on it, oosh. What were you going to say, Brian? I'm sorry. Yeah, um, well, um, you, you made me go to another great example of, you know, trying to play catch up and, mm -hmm. and when you look at the retail um you know retail was so disrupted by this past year and and you know so many went out of business and and now retail is just starting to come back and they're thinking differently now um you know in, in apple stores for example you've been able to bring your own device in there and shop with your own iphone and never talk to a single uh, employee in the in the app store and and you know purchase your items and walk out the store for years um, we're seeing a lot of interest and a lot of development um, and a big movement now post-COVID to move that direction for other retailers where, you know, the, the, they're really thinking of a bring your own device model into my store and, you know, no more touching the credit card keypad that 100 other people just touched. Um, you know, try, it's really rethinking the, the retail shopping experience and, 
And that's going to be a big change coming, uh, you know, post COVID is, is you are going to see retailers uh, change how shopping happens. So Brian, you know, let's kind of pivot that conversation a little bit too into, you know, kind of something topical for our VARs here and thinking about the focus on, you know, how do we, how do we talk about these things? How do we bring up these conversations? How do we, how do we approach our retailers and tell them how to avoid the next potential catastrophe because they're not ready for something that they could have already been ready for and should have already been ready for, you know, that you don't have to be, you don't have to be Apple to be ready for new innovations yeah. and, to, and to introduce new innovations into your, your space. So, you know, how do we think about that? Like I, Dean, you mentioned earlier, this idea of improving customer experiences. Mm-hmm. That's one great touch point. I think, and, and that, and that yeah. it, it lends itself to the idea of, I feel like many times in our personal world, even though we often think of cool new innovations and technology as happening somewhere else and then eventually coming into our lives. But there are sometimes I think with some of these kind of, you know, digital transformation type technologies where we experiencing them as consumers or as people Mm -hmm. before we actually see them in everyday business practice. Mm -hmm. AI, for example, you know, I feel like we're all kind of, you know, Siri, we integrate with, you know, with, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, voice assistants. Um, Mm -hmm. We're used to IOT devices in our own homes now where, you Mm -hmm. know, your, your intermeshed security systems and home systems, whatever, that are all speaking to each other. Yeah. Cloud computing. We all have access to cloud. You know, I store photos in the cloud. You can store, you know, documents in the cloud. I feel like we're used to a lot of this stuff personally, but we're not. But for some reason, we're not seeing it happening on the business scale the way it should be. So, you know, Brian, from your perspective, you know, what do those conversations look like if our VARs are going out there and saying, hey, there's things that you could be doing where you could be implementing some of these technologies. Maybe you don't go all wild yet and try to reinvent your entire business. But where should they be thinking about getting into this stuff? I think it comes down to a couple of things you already mentioned is, is, you know, optimizing the customer experience. When we build software, it's, you'll often hear customer first. Um, that, that's a big thing in software and we're always thinking customer first. Um, and you know, really that mentality should, should be in, in everything that we do is, 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 you know, how do we do things the best way for the customer and, even if that means it's harder on the back end to do something, it, it, it doesn't matter. It's worth the work. It's worth the effort. So, um, I, so in my opinion, going in customer first is, is, is the right mentality. And then keeping an open mind, because like, like we've talked over the, la- the past few minutes, um, COVID has really changed our world. And, and we are going to see different ways of do- doing things, different patterns, new technologies that have advanced by years in such a short time. Um, so really keeping an open mind about uh, coming up with new solutions that that uh, might be a little different than we we proposed in the past. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I think part of the conversation, John, is to hit them with a little bit of statistics. Yep. You know, hit them with those, some stats. So yeah. I got a couple for you. Here. Oh, awesome. Eighty-seven percent of companies think digital will disrupt their industry. So nine out of ten already know of your Should customers. Be ten out of ten, frankly. But. Okay. Well, well, right. There's always ten percent. But anyway, right. uh, nine out of ten already think that digital will disrupt their industry. But right. only forty-four percent are prepared for the potential of what it's going to do. Uh, to their industry. Mm-hmm. So so what's that painting a picture? Everybody knows it. Only certain people think that they're even ready for it. And then finally, only 21% of companies believe they've completed their dig- digital transformation. Okay, we've we've transformed our business, whatever, from operations on. So, right. so that means 80% of companies out there still are in need of some f- sort of digital transformation along the way. So, so there's opportunity out there, and, and knowing that uh, is helpful. You can you can you can use that knowledge to say, hey, look, we know that. You, you're probably not where you want to be, but we can help get you there. We talk about it a lot, the tech stack that our resellers mm-hmm. should be getting so that they go in with solutions and they have answers or at least the ability to get some of those answers. I mean, you know, your customers are thinking about it. Nine out of 10 of them are thinking about how do I transform all this business? It's incumbent upon you, the solution reseller, to walk in there and have some answers uh, mapped out. Yes, if you if you come up with one that's around customer experience, maybe an easier putt because everybody's sensitive to that. Everybody understands that mm-hmm. operational, which is a little bit more in the wheelhouse of our resellers. They understand operations, how to make operations more efficient, workflows more efficient. Mm-hmm. That's cool too. Another one that I'll throw out there is another buzzword that seems to be coming out of this pandemic is workforce and enablement, right? How do I mean think about the the wild transformation that happened in March of last year where literally 
I, I'm, I don't. I hope I'm not overstating it, but it was like a hundred million people. Tens of millions of people went from an in-office environment. Probably sounds right. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. To yeah. working at home. I mean, that, so how do you enable that workforce and and all the technology that was that was needed to make that happen? Yep. But that was just to get the basics done. Now we're in a place anyway. It's it's going to continue to transform yes. itself for the yeah. very much so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, one that I thought about that um it, it popped into my head as we were talking is around analytics. And I, I know we're always referring back to healthcare, but I feel like healthcare is always like the interesting frontier for yeah. a lot of these technologies. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember doing some research last year for an ebook that I was reading up on, like the idea of analytics and predictive analytics in healthcare. And it mentioned that a significant, like, I, I don't remember the percentages off the top of my head, but it mentioned that a lot of hospitals understood that they needed to have analytics as part of their game plan. Mm-hmm. So plenty of them were adopting it and bringing in, like, yes, we're going to open up this big world of analytics and gather all this data and have all this information. <clears throat> But the statistics showed that within a year's time, they had abandoned all of it. Either they were just sitting on it, didn't know what to do with it, or they just stopped collecting it all together because mm-hmm. they had no functional plan for what to do with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that speaks to this larger picture of, again, we understand that we need to do this. We know the digital transformation is important, but we don't know what to do with it when we get there or when we implement something. Yeah, And I think that can be something that our, our, our VAR partners – that our vendor partners like code, software partners can all kind of work together to help go into a customer and say, hey, we're not telling you just to do this just because it's the thing. It's the buzzword. You know, mm-hmm. We're telling you to do this because it's a practical reason, an application that's going to be important to you, to your customers, to your business. Let us explain and show you how that's going to work. And we'll, maybe it means you start small with something simple mm-hmm. that just you know gets, gets the job done. Mm-hmm. Like you said, maybe it's the customer experience and, hey, we're going to mm-hmm. do this. Your customer satisfaction scores are going to increase. Right. Uh, maybe, again, looking back at that healthcare side of things, maybe it is using predictive analytics to get people scheduled for their you know, recurring appointments a little bit faster, get them in the door a little bit sooner so that you don't have to worry about you know, uh, unexpected illnesses down the road mm-hmm. that could have been maybe you know, averted had someone come in for a routine checkup or something. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. that will give you a nice feel-good story for your patients where you find something ahead of time and help them out before something gets worse. Mm. Little stuff like that, I think, can start building up over time to, to a bigger picture where you then suddenly your entire business is built off of these new technologies. Yeah, but you so. know what? You're bringing up a really good point in the sense that you know, in this use case that you have, you've got this mound of data and how do people navigate through that? That's just like one aspect of it. Hey, Brian, when you're talking to resellers, what are, what are some of the things that you're hearing from resellers about that they're confronting in the marketplace that are that are barriers to transformation, you know, the digital transformation out there? I mean, uh, just what do you hear on the street and, and maybe how do you guys react to it or your company or you personally uh, help coach them? Um, I mean, we see it from all angles and, you know, maybe something super simple with like a, a really outdated Windows CE device that's still being sold and used because there's this one little application that, that vendors find or end users use uh, find uh, useful and, and there's no good alternative yet on Android or iPhone to do that. Um, so, I mean, those are, are kind of easier ones. To me, um, it's, it's, it's difficult for resellers when they're in, when they're put in that position, which is why we, we continue to preach the, t- the tech stack around here. Right. I mean, they're kind of, you know, they're involved in this to your point. You, I think you painted a good picture, John, that, Hey, we're involved in this and in, in the analytics and then the data that we're producing. But, but then what do you do with that? We've talked about how you really need to tap into an ecosystem that can help you along the way. Mm-hmm. When you, when you can tap into folks like Brian, uh, that that have not only are, is he involved in software for code, but also connecting the dots with other solutions, so that you can go to the table with that. And I'm, I'm telling you, that is that is so critical moving forward. I know we, we preach it a lot here, but you got to be a solution reseller yep. moving forward. You got to know these things yep. and have the answers when you walk in the door. Because exactly. if you don't, somebody else is going to walk in the door right behind you with yep. the answer. Very much so. And and Brian, to that point, you know, and feel free to throw it if you if you remember what else you were going to mention here, but. Are there any particular practical applications that you can think of that have popped up in various industries where you know someone has implemented one of these, you know, exciting, new, interesting technologies and cutting edge innovations, and it has made a difference in their business where you, you, you like kind of an example maybe we could give to some of our VARs of saying, hey, here's something someone else has done that's made an impact. You know, someone was working with someone in supply chain and recognized, hey, here's a problem that can be solved with cloud. Here's a problem in public sector that can be solved with machine vision. Any examples you've got like that that could be useful for our, our audience? 
Um, yeah, I mean, if you want to, this one's a little bit future and out there, but um, oh, we're, we like seeing, uh, <laughs> we're, we're, we're seeing drones. Um, uh, you, you talk about warehousing and, and distribution and, and things like that, where you've got, you know, thousands or tens of thousands of, of items inside of a warehouse and they all have barcodes and, you know, how do you effectively go through 10,000s of square feet and, and figure out what's in there? And, you know, we've seen robotics uh, in the industry for a while and now drones are popping up. And, and so uh, it's, it's just one of those examples of, you know, drones started out as like a video hobby thing, but now they're, they're, they have real live applications um, to where, flight plans are built around a warehouse and the video live streams to a server. And then that server is using machine vision to, to analyze all the video that's coming in from those drones and, and do things like barcode scanning, but also recognition of, of what might be on that pallet based on sizes and things like that. So um, it, it's, you know, it's one of those IOT slash cloud plays that is uh, quickly uh, developing a lot of steam behind it. That's awesome. I never would have thought about a, a drone zipping around inside of a warehouse. I mean, it makes total sense when you think right. about it. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, it, to your point, you know, because we've talked about like AMRs, you know, those you know robots moving around and mm -hmm. shuffling stuff from here to there. But yeah, it just it never occurred to me. Yeah, a drone could be flying around and doing a lot of that work too. You know, and well, getting up into the upper stacks, giving you a nice clear picture of everything. That's pretty cool. Analyzing yeah. everything, the, the workflow yeah. of the people that are working, the products. I mean, it, it really, yeah, it's. I guess it does have a bird's eye view. God, I'm just no. Stop me. <laughs> Man, is, the puns are coming terrible fast and today. Furious for I'm going to stop. I promise. I'm done. <laughs> uh, Brian, anything yeah, else? The, the, the thing, yeah, the thing I wanted to mention earlier, um, as, as you were kind of talking through, um, you you almost said the word, but not quite. And and uh, the, the, another big reason that cloud is so popular and so powerful is is really standardization. Um, you know when it comes to the cloud, for the most part, uh, uh, we're all talking the same language. Um, yeah, there's a lot of different computer languages, but we all understand it. We're all working together using things like APIs and JSON and containerization of code. And, and because there's these key standardization practices happening uh, on the internet in the cloud, it, it makes it an incredibly powerful uh, uh, way to, to build things and not just build a solution I'm building, but connect it to other solutions to make it infinitely more powerful. Yeah, I love that. What are some of the questions that resellers come to you with, or or you know, on that front? Because I know you guys got a lot of great software, and and you're involved in sometimes the integration of that into existing ERPs or or some or stuff like that. What are some of the common things that that you run into that maybe we can help? Uh, people understand or, or get them down the field a little bit more uh, as it relates. What, what are they coming to you? What kind of questions are they coming to you with, Brian? Um, a lot of the time it's compatibility. Like they might look on a website and see that, you know, we offer support for these languages or these platforms or iOS or Android or whatever it may be. And, and their maybe kind of niche system that they're uh, building doesn't match exactly what, what's being talked about. Um, but the interesting thing is, um, it's you typically not hard to adapt, uh, you know, a piece of code to work with another technology that might not be listed on a data sheet or something. Um, so, you know, reaching out and having conversations and 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 asking questions and and chasing that uh, can often lead to you know a good outcome to where, uh, yeah, we don't we don't list that support for that on the website, but you know, by doing this and that, it's not it's not a difficult project to get there. Bingo. I mean, mm -hmm. we talk about it all the time about how vendors so obviously support their product. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have a good relationship with a vendor and or the software people behind the scenes, they can help you. They can help you enable these mm -hmm. types of solutions if you have the conversation with them. And sometimes, thank you for bringing that up, Ryan. It might not be on the data sheet. It might not show in the do official documentation right, that we right. can help support this. But if you have a call with them, I guarantee you they've got some resources that they might be able to put behind it and help you develop some of those 
solutions yep. that might some of them might be a little outlandish too i mean i don't know what if you have any great story of an outlandish solution that you had to develop because i know sometimes it gets a little boring maybe can i parse the, the licenses of my barcode or <laughs> or something like that and maybe it's not as sexy as other things but <laughs> but anyway um you know the information's there the connections there uh, when yeah. you have a good vendor relationship yeah. Um, well, that can happen. Very much so. And I think it just goes back to what we always talk about with our VARs and, and, and the idea of being a good salesperson and being a good solution seller is you know, helping someone realize like, hey, I'm going to get you through all of this. Mm -hmm. This isn't just I'm going to sell you on the practicality of the cloud and then say good luck and go wandering <laughs> off while you try to sort it out. You know, or back to that analytics thing I mentioned earlier at the hospitals. Like there was a failure on on the part of whoever it was that introduced them to that analytics package and that whatever it is that they were using in order to start gathering that data that they didn't stick with them to help them understand what to do with it. Do with it. Because there's no reason someone should abandon something like that if right? someone's not there helping them figure out what to do with it. So Dang. that can be your job. And if you don't know how to do it yourself, that's fine. That's when you bring in a partner like Code. That's when you bring in your friends at Blue Stars, when you bring mm -hmm. in your software partners, and we will help you, you know, put together that kind of solution package so that they can feel confident that they are going to get support all the way through and that this isn't just going to be some you know frontier like you know new technology that they're going to run out there into <laughs> and suddenly look around one day and go. Yeah. There's nobody yeah. around. Yeah, what what exactly. the hell happened? Yeah. yeah. Where they're, am I? They're not out literally in the Wild West getting into gunfights every day, you know, trying to figure out how to, how to we'll tell leave that to Brian things. in Utah. So I can yeah. make some bad puns too. So. There you go. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, Brian, thank you so much for this conversation. It was definitely a good one. Um, before we shift over to our recurring segments, I want to, as always, thank our sponsors. Uh, and thanks so much to Code, who is sponsoring us this quarter. And, and that's why we've got Brian on here today. We appreciate yes, sir. your support of our show. Uh, as always, hey, if you want to reach out to us, you want to tell us a little bit about your thoughts on our show or on some of the topics we discussed, a few things you can do. One, go to Apple Podcasts. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating. Leave a review for us. We'd be happy to read some of those on the air. If you give us a one-star review, no, I'm not going to read it on air. Sorry. <laughs> Maybe I will, and I'll shame you. <laughs> But we prefer the five stars. We're not beneath so, that. Yes, yeah, exactly. we, we can do that. Yeah. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, hit the like button, subscribe. And hey, more importantly, tell someone about this show. If you like it, uh, you know, we always post clips on LinkedIn. Uh, find share one of those clips. Share it, share it onto your feed. Mm -hmm. Get some people, you know, interested in our show. Tell them what you, what you got out of it and why we should, why they should watch. Uh, and hey, as always, if you do want to talk to us, if you have any thoughts, questions, if you've got topic ideas for future episodes you'd like us to tackle, reach out to us on Twitter at TechConnectPod. You can also email us techconnect at bluestarinc.com. All right, well, we're going to wrap up with our usual recurring segments. We'll start off with the value to the VAR. This is where we kind of take our conversation as a whole, yep. wrap it up, put a little bow on it, mm -hmm. and tell our VAR audience some maybe a takeaway they can take from this episode. I yes. think there's a lot of good takeaways we've already had about approaching these conversations. Yeah. But, you know, I also wanted to kind of go back to what a little bit of, you know, what our channel is you know most known for and, and mm -hmm. spends a lot of time with, which is actual hardware devices. Right. And obviously, code, you've got plenty, you know, as, as well. So, Brian, I want to start with you, like, how does this digital transformation make it easier to sell purpose-built enterprise devices? You know, I, you know, I, I know there's, again, we talk about a lot of this stuff and it's, it's a broad, big topic where some of it is impacting our daily lives and just the technology we use every day. But, you know, our resellers, you know, sometimes their job is to, to move some barcode scanners, some mobile computers, you know, they're trying to get some, some of this purpose-built technology out into the world. How does, how does embracing digital transformation help them do that? Um, yeah, it's kind of like I mentioned earlier. It, it's you know what's happened is a, is a game changer, and 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 things are different. That that uh, opens up opportunities for us to sell things maybe in a little different way. So you know, there's a lot of contactless type of uh, things that were that have already happened or are going to continue to happen. So uh, you know, uh, putting together packages or solutions that help with that story and and you know removing contact points for customers that that typically have to touch things like uh you know credit card machines and and stuff like that um maybe signing people in through scanning their uh, driver's license and getting the data off of that instead of asking them to touch a keypad um there's there's so many different ways that we can put solutions together to uh, to you know help with that contactless uh, theme that's happened 
Yep, that's a good one. I mean, so how does digital transformation make it easier to sell purpose-built? We're in the world, right? We're right. there. We're in it. So you just have to understand where the where the pieces are moving. We talked about operational efficiencies. We talked about customer experience, things like that nature. But to hammer it on one more time, you got to have good relationships as well. Code, code has that, by the way. They have something called the Code Alliance Partners where you're not out on an island. If you need a little bit of help because, you know, you got to – all right, you know the issues. When you have the conversation with the customers, you know the issues, but now you need some support network to go back to and noodle on it. You know, draw it up on the whiteboard. Oh, here's the issues. They can help, uh, you know, folks like like Code can help with that. And you need people in your ecosystem to be able to do that, bounce ideas, come up with solutions, and take those to market. That's the way that you get it done. Understanding that there are opportunities out there right now. Digital transformation is happening now. Get out there. Get on the front lines of it um, and, and be an enabler to to your customers. Right. Uh, that's, that's the way to get done. Yep. yep. Well, I think the other thing to remember, too, is that our vendor partners like Code, for instance, are they're building their devices with this kind of stuff in mind. Yes. They understand, hey, these kind of innovations are coming. We are already working on them. We're already talking about them. We have people like Brian who are experts in them and understand how they work, and that's why we're doing this kind of stuff. So we're building these devices with that stuff in mind, knowing that it is going to work with these, you know, whatever it is that you're implementing in your business, whatever kind of new cool technology mm -hmm. or new innovation that you're trying out. Mm -hmm. You know, we have transformed our devices in order to match that. Mm -hmm. And it could mean something as simple as, hey, you know, do you want to use a do you want to use a smartphone to scan everything where, you know, it could easily be busted and broken or you can't, can't guarantee that the camera is going to be as high quality as it should or it can scan every type of, you know, code that's out there on the market? Or do you want to use a purpose built scanner that is designed to handle any kind of barcode in existence that can hold up to drops and wear and tear mm -hmm. that's disinfectant ready or whatever it is that you need it to be you know there's there's a i think there's an important story to tell there of like hey yes some of these new technologies could easily be implemented and used on a, you know your basic uh you know personal equipment and consumer equipment but it's there's a reason why this stuff is purpose-built for this industry and also will work with that new technology as well. Absolutely. Yep. Well, hey, you're preaching to the choir. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> True, I am. I'm assuming our bars know that. But, you know, it's an important conversation to have because I know that there are times when they go out there and someone oh, says, yeah. well, well, we, we like this, but yeah. we've got our phones. We yeah, can exactly. Just do it on our phones. Or yeah. we've got these old barcode scanners that we've been using for, you mm -hmm. know, a couple decades. They'll work mm -hmm. just fine, right? Mm -hmm. That's It's your job to get in there and say, no, let, let me explain why you need to be moving to some. Well, you know some what you're reminding devices. me of is sometimes digital transformation. They're missing the mark. Oh yeah, we moved. You know, we moved part of our right. business, but they moved it in a direction that is not 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 the best. It's not a long term <laughs> fix. It's a band aid when you're using whatever. Uh, you know, a yep. phone as a barcode scanner. You need purpose. Our resellers know that, yes. and so that's the opportunity that is out there, folks. I mean, th there are people making silly decisions like that <laughs> where yep. they're not using yep. purpose built and they're not connecting it to an ecosystem system they're just anyway it's it's the wild west i think brian said it earlier on there's a lot of wild west out there that our customers our end users are, are facing and you gotta like lead them you gotta guide them along the way exactly yeah definitely yeah and, and, uh, and sometimes digital transformation is uh, not necessarily what you might think of um how many times have you gone into a retailer over this past year and seen saran wrap wrapped around something that can't stand <laughs> up to the disinfectant they're using you know, there's a lot of hardware that that needs to be replaced because our our cleaning habits have changed, and and there's a lot of hardware out there that can't stand up to that. So if you're yeah. not buying the hardware with special plastics uh, meant for that, then uh, that's a problem. Yeah, yeah, yep. that's a very good point. If you have to like you know accessorize and you know do imp improvisation and you know putting rabbit ears on something or whatever to get it to do what you needed to do. It's not a long-term fix. Yeah, you're you're probably you're probably barking up the wrong tree. Now, if you're a reseller point. though, that's an opportunity. That's true. Yeah. yeah. You got to you got to go in there and correct that. Yeah, I would think if I was a reseller and I walked into a grocery store and saw like stuff wrapped in saran wrap and you know and like, you know, just a piece of plastic that was torn off of a, you know, a, a you know, a, a toy box or something yeah, or whatever, right. shielding yeah. something. I might be like, "Yeah, hey, you know, we can do this a little bit better for you." So, you know, I yeah, I was point. giving people leniency yeah. when the 
pandemic first hit. Right. Okay. Right. We but were now, all scrambling yeah. here, but now a year into it, dude, you got to have like a, a robust solution. Yeah, exactly. No about it. All right. Well, hey, let's wrap up with our favorite segment of every week. What's tech connecting with you? This is where we get to talk about a cool piece of technology, innovation, science, uh, an app, whatever that has caught our attention in the world of technology. Brian, I'll let you start. What's tech connecting with you right now? Uh, it was actually hard for me to pick one because I'm one of those people that's constantly scouring for, for new tech. But the one that really popped into my mind uh, was uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator. I don't know if you guys have looked at this, but uh, as a kid, I spent thousands of hours on flight simulators because my dad was a fighter pilot in the Air Force. And I thought that's what I was going to end up doing. Um, and uh, just recently, Microsoft came out with a brand new flight simulator. And what they did is they took their uh, their version of Google Earth, um, which is powered by Bing. Um, and so they have all of the photography and the GPS data and all the mapping data for the entire globe. Um, and that's now the game. So you can literally fly anywhere in the entire world that you would like to. But not only did they do that, but they took AI and they, uh, they have the AI analyze the, the photography and, and the satellite imagery uh, real time as you're flying to to build that into a 3D environment and make the trees look realistic, make the mountains look realistic, make the buildings look realistic. It is one of the most mind-blowing things I've seen in technology in a long, long time. And it just makes me so excited for where we're going. How much that is, is awesome. this, Brian? Can 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 we afford this at this point in time or is it yeah, the game is not that expensive. It's you know your typical what sixty nine dollar game or whatever oh, okay. it is. Right. Uh, but <laughs> the 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 machine that you need to run it on that can be the expensive oh, part. Sure. I, I actually <laughs> built a, a custom gaming machine to run this thing because uh, my Macintosh was not going to do it. Ah, <laughs> wow. gotcha. Yeah, I heard uh, somebody recently plugged the found a way to plug the whole ever given uh, Suez Canal ship blockage solution into. Oh, how the flight simulator? I guess they just oh. they, you know they added that in as something you know that you could go buzz around and check that out or something. I got gotcha. you. So, yeah. I got gotcha. you. I'm liking that one, Brian. That I'm, I've cool. been digging flight simulation on my little iPad, and you know I've got there's games that you can do. You can be a fighter pilot, right, right. and right. fly around these worlds. But uh, that would be really cool. And I remember yeah. playing cool. pilot wings back on the old super nintendo i thought that was you know pretty harrowing but <laughs> is it vr it, it, do you put can you, you use the goggles too or or is it just on the tv right now or on the screen i think they just launched vr uh, a couple months ago i don't have a vr headset so i haven't done it but I, i've i've seen a couple videos and uh i would love to try it right <laughs> yes cool. that That's would awesome. be the yeah. full experience yeah, so definitely. we're getting closer to it yeah, yeah. anyway yeah. all right what's second acting with you dean well so google's unhackable security keys we're hacked. Yeah. <laughs> like, wait for it. Yeah. Wait for it. So, so when are we going to get? Are we ever going to get in the world that there is such a thing as like something that can't be hacked? I, I I'm feeling like that. That I, just doesn't I mean, exist. I think. Right I guess now. blockchain technically is as close as we get right now. Like, I, I people feel uh, okay. pretty confident about that. But. Yeah. Yeah. All right. But I'm talking like personal security, right. like your stuff. So, so anyway, they have this thing is called the Titan Security Key. And it's like it's a, it's the old school fob, right? Oh, You've got yeah, the yeah. USB to, on your computer and the fob, and it was it's supposed to be you can't break it. I mean, it's just when you log on, it is you because you've logged on using the Titan security key. Right. Well, it's been cloned, so so maybe it's not you, maybe it's somebody else. So it's just like you know, I mean, if Google can't figure it out with they got more money than God, right? right? And, right. and and they came up with a solution that I guess it. It wasn't hacked, but it was it was it's clonable. Somebody a research lab came out called Ninja Labs and said, yep, we cloned that. So now there could be two of Dean's fobs out there in the world. <laughs> it's like, you know, you, you have this hope that maybe someday we'll get to this uncrackable right. something out right. there that finally security is good. Good to go. I feel We're like anytime you introduce some new piece of security and you say it's unhackable, there's like a th oh, yeah. several thousand hackers in the world that go challenge accepted. Big old bullseye yeah. right on and that just bad get boy. right to work on it. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what Ninja Labs did. It's like, I don't know how many resources they put. Two and a half years that they spent wow. on, on trying to hack Maybe it. Maybe you just but need to say like it's almost unhackable. <laughs> If someone who's really good works really hard, they will probably be able to do it. But most people will not. You're probably pretty safe. Yeah, anyway. That's, part, that's not as good of a marketing pitch, though, is it? So, so I'm back to, You're you probably know. pretty safe. <laughs> 
Don't worry about it. <laughs> so we just assume that we're all going to be hacked, and it, it you know, right. it's just a waiting game at this point in time. Yeah, you exactly. know, my whole life, you know, is spilled out over the internet, yeah. and my credit goes to crap. And anyway. I mean, let's be honest. The, the goal is just just be boring enough and not have enough of anything that's of interest or use. There to, you go. You know, just kind of float along. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess people can get your money, but otherwise, nothing else about you is useful <laughs> enough to you know to hack. <laughs> then maybe they just don't leave you alone. So. That's my goal, at least. All right, so pick us up a little <laughs> bit. What's tech connecting with you? So I'm just going to shout out the the Apple ecosystem. Okay. Uh, so uh, people who watched the the video version of the show may have recognized that I actually moved to a MacBook yes, a few weeks ago. You came to the dark side. Yes. Uh, I finally for, forsook my my PC and and moved to the dark side of the app. I, I'm not even going to call it the dark side. It's actually the bright side. The I bright side. Yes. The dark side. Yeah. There you go. Well, so so there's a little history here for me though because. You know, growing up, Brian, you mentioned at the top of the pot, I think this idea, like, you know, you went to high school and there was no such thing as really the internet. We were all kind of, you know, in the, the Stone Age a little bit still. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember, you know, learning to type on a, you know, you know, electronic typewriter and thinking that was fantastic. Word processor, <laughs> you know, and thinking like, amazing. Erase. Yeah. Whoa. Computers were just starting to show up in school around the time I graduated, you know. So, but I, I had a lot of buddies that were big into computers and big into tech, and they always hated anything to do with Apple. Mm-hmm. They were always big PC people. They're like, mm-hmm. Macs are awful. Don't mess with yeah. anything Apple. It's yeah. terrible. Right. So when they, you know, they were helping me early on before I knew much about technology and putting together computers, and it was always PC, PC, PC. Stay away from the Macs. Yeah. So I'm like, all right. So I did for the very longest time. Even when it came time to get a smartphone, I started with an Android. Eventually got an iPhone. You know, I had an iPad that I didn't even do anything with for the first year or so I had it. <laughs> And eventually became immersed in the Apple ecosphere. And now, of course, now I've got a Mac, and I'm like, man, like this is just so cool. I just love the fact that like all of it just works so yeah, well together. It just it works. All talks to each other. It does. Simple stuff like you know, like handoff. I love being able to like start something on my mm-hmm, phone and mm-hmm. just m- move it right over to my computer. Mm-hmm. I love the one thing I just discovered a couple weeks ago that I thought was fascinating was copy paste. I can copy something on my iPad and just go right to my Mac and hit paste, and it knows that I'm pasting it from. Oh, my that's iPad. cool. I didn't know that. No, I didn't know that. It's awesome. Yeah, stuff like that is so cool. And 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 honestly, even too, like for some reason, the the speakers on a Mac just sound good. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. I know you're not like talking like studio quality type of sound, yeah. or whatever, but compared to what you listen to on like oh, right. on yeah. a standard PC speakers, if you don't hook anything up, yeah. like when I play <laughs> some random music on here, I'm like, man, this actually sounds pretty good, you know. So <laughs> they do have a good product. So thanks, Apple. I officially you officially own me oh, now. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I, uh, I have yes. officially you know yes. sold my soul to Apple. You know, I've I've hit that you know um, you know uh, user agreement enough times that I'm sure I've <laughs> signed off on something and. There's a digital version of me somewhere in the Apple, you know, ecosphere. Oh, wait a minute. You know, Maybe that's something that hasn't been hacked yet, right? The OS hasn't been hacked yet. I mean, Apple hangs their hat on that. So yeah, they Maybe there is still hope secure. out there. Yeah, yeah, well, I'm staying in the Apple world myself. I guess unless I go over to the gaming system that Brian has <laughs> where I get my flight simulation, I got to go PC with that, right, Brian? So... So. Yeah, they're uh, they're working on fixing that. Maybe with the new uh, M1 generation chipset and bringing all the iOS games over to the Mac platform, uh, maybe that'll fix it for them. There, there you go. go. There you go. go. Awesome. Well, Brian, again, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank we you, sir. very much appreciate your time. Uh, and as always, it is unfortunately time for us to unplug. So, hey, folks, until next time, please stay connected. Your healthcare customers might think any barcode scanning software will do the trick on their mobile devices, but code and you know better. That's why they created Cortex Decoder, the first integrated soft scanning solution for Epic Rover. Epic was one of the first HIS providers to recognize the need for powerful decoding software built within their applications and designed for mobile devices, combining the familiarity and ease of personal smartphones with enterprise-grade functionality and reliability. Cortex Decoder reads all major barcodes, even ones that are damaged, curved, and from other phones. It offers flexible configuration and uses a mobile device's built-in camera, but unlike freemium apps, has no hidden fees, ads, or security risks. To learn more, contact your Blue Star Code rep or visit the link in the show notes.